Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market. In today's episode, we're going to talk about some gaps. Gaps with your stocks, gaps higher, gaps lower, gaps when the stock market opens, gaps when the stock market opens the next day and the day after that. We're going to spend this whole episode talking about gaps. So as usual, or I guess most of the time, I'm making my episodes based off of your emails, your questions, and providing my answers. Last couple episodes, I did not do that. I actually just went off of some things that I've been wanting to talk about for a while, and I highly recommend that you go back and listen to them. One of them is called, Is the Stock Market Stupid?, which is a good one to listen to. And the other one is, is Shorting Dead. So I recommend going back, listening to those two podcast episodes. I think you will find them worthwhile. Now, today's episode, we're going to take an email from a person named Beatrice. That's not the real person's name. I just give them a Florida redneck name to conceal their identity, to save them from any embarrassment if they might find having their real name being used. Don't want to cause any of that. So Beatrice writes, hey, Ryan, I love the podcast and I've been listening to it for over a year. I've been swing trading for a few years, but I'm trying to get more focused about it. I'm curious about gap ups and gap downs. Today, May 30th, these stocks had significant gaps higher. Wayfair, stock symbol W, Riot, stock symbol R-I-O-T, and Sky and UCO had a gap down. Sometimes these gaps correspond with earning reports. Other times they go the opposite direction of the earnings reports. Is there a technical analysis strategy that helps to identify these before they happen? Thank you for taking your time to answer this. Sincerely, Beatrice from Fort Worth, Texas. All right, Beatrice, good question. We're going to answer. We're going to start it right now. Let's talk about gaps. First of all, gaps probably cause me more concern than any other aspect of trading. Why is that? Because gaps can render stop losses useless. Think about it. You buy stock ABC at $100 a share, and you put your stop loss at 95. And let's say overnight, they have a really bad headline. Let's say the CEO steps down for fraud or because of some unexpected news event that takes place. And then all of a sudden, the stock opens up at $85. Are you going to get stopped out at 95 anymore? Nope. You're getting stopped out at $85. And that sucks. Now, I haven't really had any like disaster you know, scenarios ever unfold for me in trading because of 
a gap lower, but the possibility is always out there. And I'm very careful about what stocks I trade because I realize this and I realize that my stop losses aren't going to be worth anything if there's a significant gap below those stop losses. I think a lot of people think that somehow or another that if they have a significant gap lower that blows through their stop loss before the market even opens, that they're still going to get stopped out at where they had the order at. And that's simply not true. It's usually a newbie assumption about the stock market. Where you're going to get out is where the buyers are at and what the highest price that a buyer is willing to buy if you get stopped out. So it's important to avoid stocks or events that could cause a huge gap against your position. So for instance, earnings reports, and Beatrice mentioned it here in this, this email about how difficult it can be to figure out or determine which direction is a stock going to gap following its earnings reports. And a lot of times your stocks that you're trading, when they have an earnings report that comes out, it's usually going to have a gap of some kind. And so for me, my number one trading rule is I'm not going to hold a stock through earnings. I get the feeling based off a lot of the emails that I get that a lot of people ignore that particular rule that I have in my trading. They don't really apply it to their own. I think people like that action way too much to give up the earnings reports. People like to trade options. They like to do straddle option plays. They like to just buy the stock outright and hope that you just get a massive gap higher. And when you see stocks like NVIDIA that, what was it, like 27% it gapped higher? Yeah, that's going to attract a lot of people to want to play earnings. I bet you there's a ton of people that plays NVIDIA at the next earnings report. Why? Because of what it did at this particular earnings report where it gapped up in a monstrous-like fashion. They're going to hope that history repeats itself and they can get more of the same. I've noticed that with Meta of late. I've noticed it with a lot of the FANG stocks. If you get a couple of FANG stocks, let's say Netflix beats and then Meta beats and Tesla beats and they get these huge gaps higher. Well, guess what? People are going to start trading Microsoft and Google and Apple and NVIDIA, hoping the same happens with those as well. And so, yeah, I don't think a lot of people follow me on that whole notion of don't trade earnings because they're wildly unpredictable. So you take Beatrice's comment here where he says, or she says, <laughs> I'm curious about gap ups and gap downs. Today, May 30th, these stocks had significant gaps higher. You mentioned Wayfair, Riot, Sky, and UCO. Sometimes these correspond to the earnings reports. Other times they go opposite of the earnings reports. And I think what Beatrice is talking about here is, is that the stock will be the earnings estimates and then it'll sell off or it'll miss it, but then it'll rally. And why is that? Well, sometimes they'll have a really bad earnings report, but they'll guide higher. They'll say, hey, we missed this particular quarter, but we think that we're going to beat our next quarter earnings by 50%. And so the market loves it when they raise guidance or they increase their outlook in terms of how much they think they'll bring in on an earnings per share basis. And that's a lot of what you saw in NVIDIA. I think they were expecting, and I don't, don't hold me to these numbers, but I think they were expecting like $7 billion and they came out with $11 billion and the market like really just lost its mind and just kept rallying. It's been rallying ever since. But to think that you can consistently predict the outcome of an earnings report is really foolhardy. I don't do it. That's why I don't trade earnings. If I thought I could predict on a regular basis exactly how the earnings was going to turn out for individual stocks, I'd play it. But I can't. And to be wrong can be a disaster. I mean, you look at AAP just the other day. They go from being just below 100 all the way down into the 60s. I've seen Meta, for instance. I've seen Meta lose over 20% from an earnings report. We saw it all throughout 2022 with Netflix, with Google, with Amazon. They can miss in a big time way. Even if they're beating or if they're 
rallying off of their earnings nine times out of 10, it takes one time for it just to completely set you back for you to lose all of your profits off of one bad earnings report. There's so many variables that goes into the earnings report. This past earnings season, we saw all this talk about AI. It was almost like the more that they mentioned AI in their earnings report, the more the stock went up. It didn't matter how their earnings were. If they mentioned AI or they mentioned they were pursuing new products centered around AI, the stock went crazy. That's what you saw with Microsoft. That's what you saw with Google. And they know it. Heck, weren't they like saying it something like over 50 times in their earnings report? It was crazy. And sometimes there's not a reason why it sells off. Sometimes it just rallies too hard into earnings and it's priced for perfection and it sells off. People take the profits. It just didn't blow them away, their earnings report. And sometimes it rallies. Like I remember MU, the stock symbol MU, Micron. It did not have a good earnings report. And yet somehow the stock managed to bounce back. I saw one headline today. It was phenomenal took a picture of it just because I thought it was such a good example for today's podcast. This is a headline from MarketWatch. It said, Dell stock jumps after early earnings release shows largest sales decline on record, but still beats expectations. And then a little bit more on the article, it says, Dell's earnings and revenue plunged in the fiscal quarter, but easily beat expectations amid the largest downturn for PC sales ever. There's so much working against each other in just that brief description and headline there. And yet it talks about how Dell has seen a huge decrease in sales year over year. Yet, if you look at the stock price over the past year, it's actually higher than it was one year ago. And that kind of goes back to the whole, is the stock market stupid? Yes, it can be very, very stupid. But the whole point of what I'm trying to say here is, is that if you expect earnings to make sense, a lot of the times it does. If it's a real horrible quarter and they've guide lower, more than likely it's probably going to sell off. That's what I would expect, okay? But not always. And it's those times that catch you by surprise that doesn't do what you expect it to do that throws you for a loop that really blows through your capital because you're taking now a huge gap lower because you chose to play earnings. But there's other causes of gaps too. And we're not just talking about earnings here. The market can have massive gaps higher and lower based off of economic news. If there's a strong jobs number, it might gap higher. Or if we're in a bad news is good news environment, we want there to be higher unemployment. And then that might cause the market to gap higher. I remember back in 2011, and it's relevant to right now because we've been talking so much about the debt ceiling. I remember when the United States got downgraded, their credit rating was downgraded. And I think the market was down like four or 5% that day. Don't quote me on that. Again, I, I didn't go back and check the exact numbers, but it was a significant, significant sell-off. And sometimes you look at a stock like NVIDIA and you're like, holy cow, how high can this thing go? It just gapped up 30%. And then a couple of days later, it gaps up again. And we hear about things like exhaustion gaps, continuation gaps. And how do you tell the difference? And it's very difficult to. You really have to take a wait and see approach. Most of your gaps get filled. But the smaller the gap, the easier it is for it to get filled. When you have NVIDIA going from like 305 all the way up to 385 overnight, that's going to probably be a lot more difficult gap to fill in the same day. Do I think there's a good chance that it'll fill sometime down the road? Yes, but it's probably not going to be that same day. Now, when you do get a big gap fill because of obviously a, a large gap higher, I think those are a lot harder to fill, but the reward potential is so much greater. And a lot of people will play those, but most of the time they will lose on those huge gap fills because they just don't usually fill the same day. And if they do, it's usually because they're falling with the rest of the market. Again, not impossible that a big gap higher gets filled, but I think it's much more difficult for them to be filled than a small gap. Small gaps tend to get filled really quickly, oftentimes the same day. And would I ever just try to fade the gap right at the open? No. And I think 
I think it's a very overcrowded trade in general. I think a lot of people try to play the gaps each and every day. And so it's very overcrowded and probably not really worth trying to just make a whole trading strategy based off of fading gaps higher and lower. However, if I was to play one, I definitely wouldn't play it in the first 30 minutes. I think there's too much risk. I think there's too many moves that are made in that first 30 minutes, even to the first hour of trading that are not reliable. They're just very, basically like the market having spasms half the time. But oftentimes, if it holds the gap after the first 30 minutes and it looks like it's going to rally and then it starts to sell off and it breaks that 30-minute low, there's a good chance that it'll make a run after trying to fill that gap. Or if it's after the first hour, some people will wait a full hour for it to do that. But I, at the very least, would be waiting 30 minutes before I would be trying to fade a gap. And even then, like I said, I think it's an overplayed trade. I think too many people play it. Yes, there's some money that can be made on it. But do I think there's better trading strategies out there? Yeah. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You also have overseas news that can affect the market quite a bit. If we're tied to what China's doing or if we're tied to what Europe's doing or we're looking very closely at their price action, remember like the Greek banking crisis? I mean, that was something that was creating a whole bunch of problems for the market. China reopening was creating a lot of bullishness for the market. And so you can get huge gaps higher and lower off of that. But in the end, he says, is there a technical analysis that helps identify these gaps before they happen? No, I think it's more like you need to have a good understanding of what's causing the gaps and what could be a potential cause for a gap in the next day or the next two days. For instance, if Amazon's coming out with earnings, there's a good chance that it's going to gap. NVIDIA's coming out with earnings, good chance it's going to gap probably would be staying away from that. If there's a biotech stock that's going to have a major FDA decision and it's pretty much the only drug that they have and they have to have it or they go bust, yeah, there's going to be a significant gap to something like that. Whether for it's better or for worse, there's going to be a gap. There are some stocks that I won't trade because they gap too much. FSLY is one of them. Boeing had a lot of headline risk for a long time and headline risk can be huge causes for gaps higher and lower. And when Boeing was having a lot of issues with their aircraft, I did not want to be swing trading their stock overnight with the potential that some other defect or problem would arise with their airplane because it was causing huge gaps to the downside. And you hear about these exhaustion gaps. And usually that comes as a result of these runaway gaps that just keep happening every day. We, we will cap like two or 3% because the momentum is so heavy with it. We saw it with a lot of the Wall Street bets and that phenomenon. And then you, you will also see it of late here with NVIDIA and a lot of your semiconductors and your AI plays. But then it starts to get to a point to where there's numerous gaps and then you get almost parabolic on the chart and you get what they call a shooting star candle where the candle body, that's the difference between the open and the closing price, is very thin. But you have a sh- upper shadow, which is how high the stock went that day, which is very, very big. They call those a shooting star candle pattern. And that can oftentimes in conjunction with a gap higher, reflect on the possibility that the market is finally running out of gas or a stock is running out of gas. But what's not running out of gas is swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Guys, you got to sign up for this thing. It's really good. You get all my stock market research each and every day. That's going to include updates on the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, the Russell 2000, the VIX. You're also going to be getting updates on all the big tech stocks like Facebook, or I guess they call it Meta now, 
but Meta, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, Microsoft, Tesla, NVIDIA. I think that's the big eight that I like to cover. And then I'm going to be giving you my daily watch list, weekly watch lists, and also some, some intriguing ideas that might come across my plate each and every day. So check that out, swingtradingthestockmarket.com, and you're supporting this podcast in the process. But NVIDIA, we talked a lot about NVIDIA of late, and I'm just pulling up the chart here. That's why you hear the clicking in the background. We talked about it. It goes from like 305 to 385, 390. I think the following day it closed around 390. And then the next day it gaps up to 400 or so, runs up to 420, and then comes back down to 400 to close out the day. Actually, it gapped up to about 405 and closed it around 400 that particular day. And then the next day, guess what it does? It starts to sell off. It goes all the way down to below 380. Now, the following day, it bounced up, but nonetheless, it did fill some gaps, and they were much smaller gaps than the earnings gap that it had from just a few days prior. It still hasn't filled that gap as of this podcast episode and hasn't even got close to trying. So we've talked about headline risk as being a cause for the gap, the earnings gaps, the runaway gaps, the exhaustion gaps. We talked about economic news impacting the market also affects stocks as well. Overseas news, you get government news, you get FDA news. There's a lot of things. But in the end, you can't really predict gaps. Why? Because if there was a consistent way to be able to predict when the gaps were going to happen, there wouldn't be any gaps. That's a deep thought, right? Why? Because the market would already be pricing in ahead of time during regular trading hours, the gap that was going to occur the next day, thereby not causing a gap. It would just run to that price level. So that would be my takeaway on the day. If we could predict price gaps, would there even be any price gaps? So usually it's because it's such a big surprise or shift in sentiment from the day prior. And clearly, if you have a different sentiment from the day prior, that means it wasn't expecting or planning on any gaps to take place. So there you have it. That would be my thoughts on gaps. And I told you, we're going to talk the whole time about it. Hopefully you took a little bit away from this thing. Hopefully you got a little bit of knowledge added to your trading repertoire. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, I would encourage you to leave me a five-star review. People ask me, what are you drinking these days on this podcast? Well, this particular one here, I drank Woodford Double Oaked. It's always pretty good. You can get it at Costco's. You can get it pretty cheap. Very easy to find. It's probably about $50 a bottle or so, but really good, safe play. And make sure to keep sending me your questions. Ryan at shareplanner.com. I do read them, and I try to make podcasts out of as many of them as I possibly can. If it's a good question, almost certain that I'll make a podcast out of it. So keep sending them to me. Make sure to check out swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Leave me a five-star review. Thank you, and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePlanner Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.